there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, welcome back to the show. Hi-Fi Radio, a show about currency, money, and well, it is the 1st of December, uh, so you're going to need some money to buy those gifts, and uh, is what it is. Uh, yeah, we have Chuck Tomes in the studio here. He's a portfolio manager with Manulife Financial. He manages the Manulife Strategic Income Fund. Uh, Jack and I own this fund as what we would call a sleeve uh, uh, for our fixed income mandate. In other words, it's a bond portfolio, uh, but it's not just a bond portfolio. No, 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 no. It's a very special bond portfolio because it's run by Chuck Tomes, uh, who's a portfolio manager of it. So, uh, Chuck, thank you and welcome to Hi-Fi Radio. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, yeah. So, let's, let's start with um, 2018. Uh, the equity market's uh, have been extremely volatile, as we know. Um, it's a race to the finish to to break even <laughs> in in the equity markets. But the fixed income markets, your your world, the world of buying bonds, um, has been equally challenging. It, it, it bonds this year didn't do sort of what they're supposed to do, which is be balanced in your portfolio and hopefully rise when equity markets fall. They too fell. Um, what did they say about that? So it's been an interesting time. We felt this year was definitely an inflection point where after about a decade of all central banks looking to help spur growth and inflation for their respective economies by keeping rates at historically low levels, uh, you've seen central banks looking at their underlying economies doing better and looking to normalize their monetary policies. You've seen the Bank of Canada hike rates here. You've seen the Federal Reserve in the U.S. hike rates as well. And that has had a negative impact because of the amount of interest rate risk. As uh, rates have gone up, you've seen prices fall on a lot of high-quality fixed-income securities. So it's definitely a more challenging time. Uh, but going forward, we see a more attractive environment for fixed income. Yeah, so, I would say the equity markets too, although they've been volatile, I wouldn't say they've been very stressed. If there's a lot of stress in the equity markets, that's when you see money go back to fixed income for that safety trade. So that's something that's been missed. And like you said, you've had that rising interest rate environment that has hurt bonds, but you haven't had that real stress in the equity market that makes a real buyer to get those interest rates back down. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, so your, your point, Jack, is actually very interesting. You're taking a uh, bad thing and giving a good thing spin. I like that. In other words, you're saying because bonds went down, that's actually a good thing. Uh, had they gone up, they would have gone I mean, up. The, the economy, the economy is still improving down in the U.S. You got consumer confidence, business confidence, maybe not at all time highs, but pretty close. So there's not a whole lot of stress in the system, uh, and that's where you know government bonds, especially that safety trade, really shines. Well, I mean, Manulife gave Jack and I really, really good what we call a slide deck, just a lot of good factoids and points, um, you know, to to, to build a, a bull bear case. Uh, and you know, in terms of the uh, checklist, and and you know, a good practitioner is no different than a pilot uh, has a pre-flight checklist, right? Jack, Jack and I have a pre-flight checklist and, and so, a flight plan, and a flight plan line, and, 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 a, going. and a flight plan, <laughs> and uh, hopefully a little beverage cart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but when when you look at the checklist for a signs of a recession, which you know, if you go into recession, markets get hurt the most. Correct, mm-hmm. Chuck? Correct. Like, that is the time they really, really get walloped. Whereas they in 80, 87, there was no correction, no recession. Market got hit hard, but it recovered quickly correct. too. And Jack and I are in the camp that that's the situation we're in right now. The market got hit hard in October again. Um, but as Jack points out, no stress in the system. That's why people didn't run to the bond market, which means we do expect a relatively quick recovery. 
uh, are you in that camp? Yeah, we would agree. And it's the reason why we are cautiously optimistic, where we fully understand that there will be bouts of volatility, and it's something that we haven't seen for some time. And those bouts of volatility happen anytime there is kind of a shift from an easy monetary policy stance to a tightening monetary policy stance. But overall, we don't see a recession happening in the near future. Uh, We feel defaults overall will continue to stay low. We feel the underlying economic activity in a lot of major economies is continuing to trend in a stronger fashion. Uh, But with that said, we do expect to see bouts of volatility and we want to make sure we're identifying if on the back of those times of volatility does that create opportunities which we feel we have seen some opportunities created uh during some times of volatility this year in the bond market specifically yep. yeah Correct. well again when i look at what you do chuck um you do a lot you work real hard you have to be working hard um Again, the strategic income fund that you manage, you're also managing, I'm assuming, with an international team around you? Mm -hmm. We have members located around the world. So we have an office, obviously, in Boston, here in Toronto, one in London, and as well as in Hong Kong. So we have senior set of eyes watching the portfolio 24 hours a day, six days a week. And therefore trading the portfolio as well. So, so when you're sleepy by, uh, someone else is still overlooking that portfolio and seeing what kind yeah, of- Yeah, we don't uh, get to sleep too much, but we have to every once in a while. You while. look very well, Rusty. Yeah, you, look, you. You, you sleep, <laughs> come on. Uh, was. So um, <laughs> you have a list here of some sovereign bonds, which are government bonds. Um, the government debt market in North America is a 3% game mm-hmm. on a good day. Um, you're able to uh, shop international markets. Uh, you obviously have people behind you who can do some homework in terms of creditworthiness and uh, ability of getting your money back. Uh, trading Indonesian bonds or India bonds or Philippine bonds or Vietnamese bonds, Malaysian bonds, uh, is that risky business? In certain instances, it is. There's just like when you're looking at different companies, when you're looking at countries, there's countries that are much stronger from an underlying fundamental standpoint than others. There are some countries that we just will not invest in for numerous different reasons, and we feel they will be exposed as you see more volatility going forward. With that said, a country like Indonesia, you can look at much higher growth rates there. They have GDP growth of over 5%. They have very low inflation, which is an attractive environment for a bond investor. And we see an attractive yield opportunity there. You're right. Uh, we're in the studio here with Chuck Tomes. He's portfolio manager with the Manulife Strategic Income. Uh, billions upon billions of dollars this man manages. Uh, and he doesn't look a day over 30. Um, so more with Chuck Tomes uh, from Manulife Strategic Income Fund right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto, Wolfgang Klein, your host. It is a show about money, money matters, money's important, and don't forget, it is uh, the season of giving. It is better to give than receive. Please find your favorite charity and be generous, very, very generous. It'll come back to you in spades, my good friends, and it'll make you feel so good. Please, you don't need to buy me anything. Give it to charity. Uh, the floodgates have opened uh, down here at the Core Studios. They <laughs> don't know what to do with these trucks and trucks of presents that Jack and I receive. But please stop it. Just stop it and give the money to charity. That's what I say. Uh, and there's lots of good causes out there. The city's getting cold. It's damp, and no one should have to live on the streets, and no one should go hungry. 
Um, indeed. Yes, yeah, so we have Chuck Tomes in the studio. He is with Manulife. He runs the Manulife Strategic Income Fund, uh, which was basically a, a very sophisticated international bond fund. Uh, when you're trading bonds, Bonds are one thing, like you can buy an Indonesian bond, uh, Chuck can make eight, eight and a half percent, or an India bond make eight percent. But I'm not sure the currency in Indonesia, but I know in India the currency is the rupee. And I haven't looked at the chart of a rupee lately, um, but I'm sure there's some volatility to it. So when you buy international bonds, uh, the currency can wipe out your gains uh, mm-hmm. very, very quickly because those currencies do move quite uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, so are you hedging uh, off all of that currency? In other words, buying some kind of a, a, a currency swap or a future to reduce that uh, Exposure? Yeah, so we actively manage currency risk where we're looking at the Canadian dollar versus every country's currency that we either have exposure to or will potentially have exposure to. And we'll have a view of whether it be hedged, unhedged, or partially hedged, depending on our view of that local currency versus the Canadian dollar. In this portfolio right now, we are 100% hedged on our US dollar denominated assets, but in a country like Indonesia where we see a total return opportunity because the currency weakened so much when we purchased it. Uh, that is an attractive opportunity to embrace currency risk and look at the eight plus percent yield plus some potential total return on top of that. So you're 100 percent hedged on the U.S. dollar. So Correct. so what's your what's your view on the the loonie? I guess going out a year. Yep. So we see uh, the U.S. dollar as against the Canadian dollar being more range bound going forward. The range we see is 75 cents on the lower end of the range to 79, maybe 80 cents on the higher end of the range. So when we're looking at where we stand today at roughly just north of 75 cents, we're at the lower end of the range. range, And ultimately we have a view that you could see the Canadian dollar grind higher against the US dollar going forward, predominantly driven by a weaker US dollar overall not necessarily driven by a massive acceleration for the Canadian economy or Canadian dollar strength, more because of a weakness in the U.S. dollar. So, Chuck, let's let's get right down to it. It's been, again, a volatile six weeks in the marketplace. Um, Perhaps uh, the U.S. Central Bank fed to the rescue. Um, Powell uh, spoke on uh, Thursday, excuse me, on Wednesday, um, economic summit, and basically told the market he's going to take his foot off of the break, meaning uh, interest rates aren't going to uh, rise in a, in a systematic fashion or preset fashion. Rather, he's going to be a little bit more uh, data dependent. Um, next up in line, so a market like that market rallied hard. Next up in line, we have the G20 uh, taking place right here, right now. Um, so, <laughs> what do you think, Trump and President Xi of China? Yeah, that's a very hard one to call. I don't think anybody could actually sit here and say they know exactly what is going to come out because you have two individuals that could go either way. Ultimately, though, we do feel that the there won't be a global trade war. Uh, there will be cooler heads that will prevail, and you will see uh, that benefit a lot of areas that have been put under pressure uh, by thoughts of a trade war escalating going forward. So net-net, we do see that being beneficial to the global growth story and see opportunities that could come of it as we move forward. Yeah, the the one thing about the summit is I think you're going into it, at least with relatively low expectations uh, of a resolution coming out. So hopefully they have something that is positive and constructive on Monday that the markets can certainly deal with. Yeah, and the big thing we'll just be looking at, what is the impact uh, to whatever economy, and whether it be China, whether it be the global economy, whether it be U.S., and see if it is actually beneficial or hurts either way with whatever comes out of it. We have to look at the data and not uh, look at kind of our feelings of what what 
comes out one way or another. Right. And we all we all know Trump's negotiation style too. He's got Correct. a lot of bark. We saw it with NAFTA. Yep. Uh, a little softer on the bite. So hopefully the, the same runs true when he's negotiating with China. Yep. And in terms of the um, uh, the recession call, uh, Chuck, based on, on all the work that you have done uh, with all your cohorts over at Menu Life, um, but the data you have at your, your fingertips right here, when do you expect the next recession? When do you think investors should up their degree of conservatism and defensive posture? Yeah, so that's a little bit of a tricky question. The reason I say that is because we believe the next recession will be probably late actual technical recession, late 2020, maybe 2021. With that said, the market is not going to wait for it to be an actual recession and will probably start to price in the next recession ahead of time. So we feel you probably want to start to look a little more to get a little more defensive as you get closer to 2020. Um, as you get closer to the end of the uh, eventual cycle that we're in right now. With that said, you always need to be watching how data uh, comes out. It could happen a little bit sooner, or it could be prolonged even further. Um, and only the underlying data will tell us one way or another. Mm-hmm. Chuck, Chuck makes a good point there. Once you're in the middle of a recession, it's kind of too late to get defensive. You certainly want to start lining up your your blue tickets, your buy tickets at that point. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Chuck Tomes, the portfolio manager for the Main Life Strategic Income Fund. Uh, Chuck, just dazzle the audience. Uh, how much money are you responsible for? So in Canadian dollar terms, we manage this product for retail and institutional investors in Canada, United States, Europe, and throughout Asia. And all together, we manage $50 billion overall. $50 billion you're responsible for, Chuck. That's a, that's a biggie. Uh, don't lose it, man. That's what we try to do. Capital preservation is of utmost importance. Total return second. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, appreciate it. Wish you a great weekend. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio will be back right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. When we play that song, that's fine time for a little fashion update. Yes, I love the business of fashion. I like fashion. I like uh, the world to be a beautiful place, and those in fashion, I think, make the world a pretty place. Uh, fashion matters. It, uh, it employs a lot of people, uh, uh, both uh, design to uh, manufacturing, um, and it's changed. And uh, what I find very interesting is uh, how people are actually buying garments online. I'm so hesitant about buying a pair of socks online. Um, but uh, Noriko Oyama, uh, Noriko Oyama, uh, she's an entrepreneur that my friend Nikki, the PR goddess, uh, has found for us to come and talk to us about her fashion uh, website, Lux Finds. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you coming in to share with us uh, your entrepreneurial story. So, uh, Noriko, quickly, top line, um, where did your little journey uh, begin? Uh, you, you shared it with us off It's a nice little story. Uh, but where did your little journey begin uh, for launching a uh, online site uh, for unique fashion items? Well, I started the company. Um, I was in the software, corporate software environment for over 15 years, and I was a single mother at the time. I really didn't have the time to go out to the mall uh, to look for casual wear, work wear, 
um, formal wear. I just was carting my daughter back and forth from ballet, piano. And I really wish there was a website I could go to that offered edgy, sophisticated, comfortable um, clothing that was easy, convenient, uh, with high quality fabrics that I can order that would be shipped to my house. And so I guess about a year and a half ago, I had the opportunity to start the concept of Lux Vines. And I've I've found that a lot of women um, really enjoy the quality of the clothing, the comfort, the style. It makes them feel really great. Um, look, we, we just went through Black Friday uh, and Cyber Monday, and the numbers are astounding. We're, we're talking billions of dollars uh, with double-digit growth. In other words, I think Black Friday. On Black Friday, when people used to go to box stores, online spent $6.2 billion, up 20-some-odd percent year over year. I got so, Cyber Monday is 7.8. Cyber Monday is 7.8 billion. So, so you, you, you want in on this, don't you? I can just tell there. It's, it's called uh, secular growth. <laughs> Noriko Yama, entrepreneur, uh, owner of Lux Fine. So you just launched this company 2007. You're selling garments on it. I, again, uh, new to Instagram. My kids hate it when they find out I went on Instagram. Oh, don't do it, Daddy. You're going to make it so uncool. <laughs> Tough, I'm here. Um, and... Again, I like fashion. Uh, you know, Classic is, is where I buy most of my stuff. And Jeffrey, you know, shops Europe, the owner. He goes to Europe, he finds some nice garments, brings them back, and sells them to me at a, at a very, very handsome price, I shall say. But I want to try it on. I want to see it. I want to touch it as much as I trust, uh, you know, Jeffrey's suggestions to me. I still like to see it. Buying garment on, and, and online now, I'm seeing a lot of ads for really funky jackets, socks, ties. I'm intrigued, but I can't go beyond looking at saying intrigued. I'm not going to buy it online. Jack, of course, loves that little uh, vehicle that shows up at your house a couple of times a week from Amazon. Wait, wait UPS? <laughs> yeah, yeah, UPS. Jack loves the UPS truck. Hey? Well, say, that's that's your second like spot is driveway for the UPS truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, permanent parking spot permanent in my driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's certainly growing and it is a secular trend. Like you said, a $7.8 billion for Cyber Monday is huge. Um what's the return policy for garments? Because I think that's what Wolfgang's talking about. You know what? If I try it on, it doesn't fit the way I like it. Oh, I've heard some women. You know what to do with some women who do Amazon? You know what women would do with Amazon. They'd order size 7, size 6.5, size 7.5. Keep the pair that fits, send the other two back. <laughs> either that right? or, either either that that or you have, that, that was epidemic. You've got like a great big party coming up. Okay, get a nice dress, wear it once, return it. Yeah. So the return policy is um, very easy to use. If for some reason it doesn't fit, you don't like it, um, you just send us a quick email. We'll send you a shipping label and you just put the shipping label on a package and just return it to the post office. I find though, once a lot of women, so online is e-commerce is a bit more challenging. I've ordered stuff, Halloween costumes um, online. I've looked at the website. It looks like it's coming from the US, but it ends up coming from China, let's say, and the quality, nor the product looks anything like what it looks like online. <laughs> right. So that's a right. disaster, right? So I've had to paint costumes to make it look, um, you know, the way it's supposed to. So I understand the hesitation. Um, I find a lot of the women, uh, we do a lot of private events as well. Over the holidays, we're doing a lot of private school uh, holiday markets. Once the women touch and feel the clothes, they launder it and they can feel that the quality, the softness is still there. They don't have to iron it, steam it. Then they come back and they order the same shirt in a different color um, multiple times. So they, right. they order the styles. So, so the, the other thing that's huge, and you mentioned it, we touched on it before with the, the UPS truck in my driveway all the time, um, <laughs> free delivery. Yes. Right. Amazon's obviously onto it with Prime. I mean, you, play, you pay a, a premium for the service. Uh, I think Walmart has free delivery 
or next day delivery too. So is that something that you're looking at or is that an additional charge on top of the garment? Um, we do free delivery over a certain amount. Right. Um, and we also have a lot of promotions throughout the year uh, that have free shipping codes, um, discount codes as well. We do a lot of collaborations with different people um, and you can get various discount codes. So, so my question to you then, um, Noriko, that's a very nice name, Noriko Thank Oyama, um, the uh, founder of Lux Finds, L-U-X-F-I-N-D-Z, a fashion site for uh, the busy woman who uh, wants to buy quality garments uh, online. Um, uh, are you warehousing this stuff or is it coming direct from manufacturer? Because <laughs> again... The, 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 this is the new economy where you have no inventory, um, right. right? So I, I have a sense you are not warehousing this stuff. It's not being warehoused, but it is being housed in my home. So our house is full of boxes, um, which isn't appreciated um, by some people in the house, but... That's sort of where we are right now. Um, look, at, look at you have a lot of SKUs here. You, you have you have dozens of SKUs, <laughs> yes. uh, dozens of sizes yes. uh, in a house. I don't know how big your house is. Noriko, we're going to pay some bills around here. Noriko Yamana, she's the founder of Lux Finds. It's an online fashion shopping portal for women. Uh, beautiful looking pictures on, on your site. Very, very well created. Uh, so let's, let's chat with more, more with her right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Wolfgang Klein, your host, the show about money. Uh, Jack Hartle, co-host, producer of the show with me. Um, David Bowie liked fashion. He was so into fashion. Uh, uh, ahead of his time, uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, well, actually, that Queen movie we want to see, too. There's another man who got he got it. Uh, they were innovators. They, they they saw something. They were very different with their fashion. Um, and, it, and it showed they were artists. Right? Yeah. I, I saw a great documentary as well on Netflix um, about Genesis. Um, and Peter Gabriel, I didn't realize uh, he was so into wearing masks and he would, he wouldn't tell uh, his bandmates what he was going to wear for the next show. And he came up with this very, very bizarre mask. Um, just very, very unique uh, piece of creativity to uh, a music show. Anyways, we have uh, uh, Noriko Oyama in the studio. She is a uh, very, very successful uh, entrepreneur. Um, you told me a very, very nice story how you basically, when you uh, were a single mother, uh, you were time starved, uh, which led to the idea of creating this online portal of uh, very unique fashion items. So uh, the business has now been around for what, under two years? Under two years. And, and how are you doing? Great. Great. Um <laughs> no, no. Is this is this your full time gig, or or is it's it not. Or, is, or is it uh, yeah a side a side? It, gig? it is a side um, hobby. Well, well, no, on, the, on the other side, on the other side, uh, Noriko is a quick is a kickboxer, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is. Are about, I, are yes, I have. I have done it. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I wouldn't make my living on kickboxing, but I have tried it. So so um, so, so it is a, a side hustle for you, but it it, but it's a very successful one. It is. It's Great. doing very well. Do you think it's going to become a full time? Uh, Hustle? Let's do the hustle full time. I think so. I've just been really, really busy. Um, I know November and December are the busiest retail uh, months of the year. So, but, you know, since last year, business has probably doubled, more than doubled. And, you know, I'm being asked to go to more and more events. Um, and there's a lot of activity on the website. So I really think so. You really think so? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm always amazed at uh, the, the the unique finds that Jack and I come up with for the show. Entrepreneurs who uh, are trying to make a difference uh, for their own for for themselves, but uh, have a cause behind it. So, tell me, is, is there a cause behind this 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 motive here in terms of the the suppliers that you work with and what you look for? And uh, uh, is there is there some soul that we can share with the audience on on, on your on your business? I look for affordable luxury, so materials. You know, every woman who's had a child knows that their body is just not the same after, you know, giving birth. And I look for materials and cuts and clothing that camouflage, you know, a female's muffin top or, you know, their thighs. They might be insecure about their thighs. So I look for materials that are thicker, um, that sort of suck everything in more and just um, cuts in clothing that, you know, give a female a nice silhouette. Hmm. And, and for the garments that you get, do you actually, I think you mentioned that they're uh, from over in Europe. Do you actually go and, and check out the garments that you're buying or they send them over? Or how, what's that process? How does it work? I usually research uh, for Europe because I can't uh, travel I would love to travel all over Europe, but um, I do get a sample first because I like to look at the the fit, the quality, the material, and the wash. Um, and then if I like that, then I'll I'll purchase a sample and see how that does, um, how that sells. I also like to do local too, so Toronto based um, designers as well as Montreal based designers. Yeah, that that has a good edge. You know, I used to work with a lot of fashion retailers back in my day of of ad sales. I used to sell advertising. So I worked with fashion retailers and it was a tough business. I, I, I never wished that industry that and then the restaurant industry, I would never wish it upon anyone. I love great food, I love great fashion. I don't necessarily want to be owners operators of those businesses. Um, but so do you think your approach is different? Uh, obviously different challenges, but uh, again, stuck with inventory, stuck with big rents, um, missing trends. Um, I think a lot of, so the common comment I get um, at most events is the women who look at uh, the merchandise say, this is exactly me. This is exactly my style. And that comes up over and over again. And then when I ask, you know, we'd love to get a review if you enjoy the clothes, every woman says it's comfortable. Um, So comfort, style, style that's very different from um, the looks that you'll get at the mall. So I find a lot of Europe, European, even Montreal, they have edgier outfits, but it's very classic. So they're classic items that you'll have in your closet uh, for a very long time. It's not uber trendy. We do carry some trendy items for a holiday, but a lot of it is classic staples. Hence a lot of blacks. A lot of black. So a lot of women. The world women. needs color. I, I believe the yeah. world needs more color. I, you know, I used to be into black. Black, black, I had a period of time, but I still notice a lot of black out there. Look, black ne- is never out of fashion, but uh, I'm a big color guy as well. You know what I do like on your site is, is I do like those pants. I'm seeing, seeing some very, very nice fitted pants of, of different materials, stitch, style, yet fit on women. Uh Coupled with the boot, the, it's actually a really, really cool look that's going on right now. It's almost uh, Catwoman. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, 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 I like know. that's good. Are you talking about the leather ribbed accent yeah, yeah, leggings? Yes. 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 So that's a European brand. It's one of our top sellers. So that material is a thicker material. So women love it. And the, you know, the just the leather accent on it, it's just a little different than, you know, what you'd see in any department store, you know, and women tend to love that. It's 
a little different, but still looks edgy and sophisticated. Um, so the website is Lux Finds. If you're looking for something unique in the world of fashion, uh, worth a visit, L-U-X-F-I-N-D-Z. The entrepreneur is Noriko Oyama, our guest at Hi-Fi Radio. A real pleasure. I want to wish you great success with your business. Thank um, you. And I do look forward to uh, you know, watching your success unfold. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. All the best to all the best to you this season. Uh, coming up next, we are going to have Jack in studio. We're going to have Don Velo with the, the seasonal charts. And ah, yes. We're going to look at the tea leaves uh, with my good friend Don Velo, man I used to work with what, some 15, 20 years ago at one of those big banks. Uh, he too has a charity, uh, a cancer charity that, he, that he's uh, telling. We'll have to ask him about that as well. Uh, so much more to talk about on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Wolfgang Klein, your host to show about money. Um, Jack Harlow, your co-host. And we have Don Velo on the line. Uh, Don is a seasoned and seasonal uh, investor. Uh, he's, been on Bay, he's been on Bay Street for several decades. Hey, Don, let's open up with it. It is the season, uh, markets aside, it's the season to give. Um, you have a charity. Is it, is it, is it a cancer charity that you're supporting? And if so, please tell us a little bit about it. Let's give it a good plug right out of the open here. Yeah, actually, it's great timing. Uh, Wellspring is an organization that helps people that have cancer uh, if they provide a free service. And if you can contribute to that charity, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, repeat that one again. Yeah, it's Wellspring. Wellspring. Yes, that's the name of the organization. They serve in the GTA area about 4,000 people. Uh, lots of people that receive free services on if they have cancer of any kind. And just a great charity. So what type of services does Wellspring provide? Well, things like nutrition, exercise. Uh, they give you some uh, psychological support. Uh, uh, they also give you financial uh, guidance. There's lots of things that they, they provide for free. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, it's it's a, it's a sad time of the year to be lonely and uh, to be by yourself. And if you're ill and you're by yourself, you don't have enough family support. Uh, it's nice that there are uh, good people out there to support you, and therefore we need to support them. So good for you for getting behind that charity, Don. I appreciate that. Um, so, Don, the uh, market, uh, you buy when it snows, you sell when it goes. That's my seasonal investing all summed up, my good friend. Real brilliant, isn't it? Buy when it snows, sell when it goes. And I saw snow uh, several weeks ago. I got the shovel. I was excited. Kathy was getting set to put up the Christmas lights while the eaves were had frozen leaves. We've got a problem with that one, but uh, dealt with it. Uh, yeah, but uh, this uh, buy when it snows, sell when it goes uh, did not work so well, did it? October was brutal. Um, and November, uh, well, November a lot better, shall I say. We uh, got some stability into the uh, marketplace here. So back to seasonal investing. The market should be strong right now, Don. What's wrong? Yeah, let's see what's happened. Uh, the lows were set by major North American equity indices on October the 29th. And uh, subsequent to that, we had some volatility, no question about that. But since that time, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 4.5%. The S&P 500 is up 
0.0%. And the TSX composite is the winner, up 5.5% since October the 29th. Yeah, okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll back up. The TSC is, a, I'm sorry to say, it's a bag of hammers. Uh, it's been, <laughs> it is. You speak to any investor in the last few years, they say the TSC, the, the Toronto market, is awful. There's just nothing to buy anymore. You know, back you know back in the day, you could buy yourself some good nickel companies and mining companies that were relevant than Inkles, Narandas, Falcon Bridges of the world. You know, that's, the oil worked in Canada because we weren't oversupplying. We could get it to markets at fair prices. We can't. We're getting fifteen bucks for our oil today. Uh, so the world doesn't care about Canada. And, 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 and it's such you know, but as year to date, the TSC is down almost eight percent. The U.S. market is slightly positive on the year. So and you talk about October 29th. I mean that was severely oversold. Uh, and the you got was down eight percent. The wait, Nasdaq was down twelve. And for you, the month. So, you, so you got a bounce from the lows from an oversold position. Uh, the question is, and the seasonal question is, does that trade continue on from here going forward? And do the lows hold, Don? Don, tell us, do the lows hold? Is this the start of a cyclical bull market? Not cyclical. I said cyclical <laughs> or seasonal. Yes. The answer is yes. This is the period of uh, seasonal strength. We're coming into the uh, Santa Claus rally period. Lots of things happening over the next few weeks, which should be positive. Uh, one word of caution on that. You mentioned the TSC composites down about 8% uh, this year so far. That is going to prompt a lot of people to do tax loss selling uh, prior to the end of the year. Uh, so sectors which have been hit the most this year, things like gold and energy in particular, you're going to see those sectors continue to be under uh, some technical pressure. So, so, so here's your opportunity. You flipped that one. I'm glad you. Thank you for bringing that up, Don. It's a great point. If our listeners uh, have heard what you said, is that weak stocks are going to get weaker. So. There is an opportunity behind this is if you find some quality that has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for, unduly punished, that's where you have a chance to make some good money. you got to scoop it up close to 20, December 23rd, 24th, hold it for into the January and hope you get yourself a pot. Because you can make a lot of dough doing that, I, Don. I always thought that gold actually was a good seasonal trade this time of year, uh, going into the holidays and then into the new year. All right, you've caught on to something very important. This is also uh, true for the energy sector. They both bottom around the middle of December, and they both have real good pops into the early uh, new year. Now, this year, both sectors are really oversold, and the odds of a a really very strong recovery uh, into late December into early next year are above average this year. You know, the old old psychology of the market – Don, is, is also fun. Human human behavior is fun to toy with as we build portfolios, which is the intersection of economics and psychology. Um, but I loathe gold. I loathe even more oil. And, and when the world loathes something to such point of capitulation, the wise man was saying, hmm, opportunity persists. So I repeat, I loathe oil, uh, especially Canadian. I, I want nothing to do with Canadian oil. They're getting 15 bucks a barrel. We produce too much of the stuff and we can't ship it out of the country. Do you think, Don, it's, it's an opportunity with me being as pessimistic as I am? Yes, I do. And the reason is, uh, you know, the pessimism is so bad. It, uh, but remember, I loathe, I said. Yeah, <laughs> remember something else. Uh, Canadian oil and gas producers produce more than oil. They also produce natural gas. And the price of natural gas over the last uh, two months is up over 50%. So those companies which are gassy are in a position to benefit. Hey, but back up. What happened with natural gas, Jack? You, you know, a couple of weeks ago, was there a hedge fund offside on that gas? What got that gas to pop? 
Yeah, so there there was a hedge fund. I don't know who the hedge fund was, but there was speculators that were long, so they were invested right. in oil, and they and were short, short natural short gas. gas yeah. And the trade went, went against them, and they had to cover, which was one of the reasons that people believe it, that it natural gas went four, up. Sorry, Don, that gas the last couple of days, was it, was it trading 470 or something like that? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, so, and what is it right now, roughly? Has it got a three-handle on it? Yeah, the figure came out uh, negative uh, on Thursday, so a little bit of a drip in th- on Thursday uh, trading. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, pro- pro- was, was, the, the four fifty levels. Oh, so it's still four fifty. Huh. The, yeah. the other thing that should help that com- uh, commodity complex is we've had a very strong U.S. dollar. We've had a very hawkish Fed uh, on Wednesday. They they said they're going to be a little bit more accommodative, so that should help the gold market. That should help the oil market, obviously, because well, they're pricing U.S. dollars. The, well, the big thing, the market, the CNBC guys were pounding the table on this, and then our strategist, Tony Dwyer, began pounding the table on it. And they said, you know, during the, the slump in October, they all said the Fed's got to back off. The Fed's got to back off, which means the interest rate hike cycle has to slow down a little bit. And lo and behold, that's what the market got. Now, they're also saying we need a trade deal, we need a trade deal, we need a trade deal, Don. So... Do you think, and again, you're wise. I want you to put on your wise hat. Do you think we're going to get ourselves a trade? In other words, America, China, are they going to get a trade deal? Like, I want you to hold the thought because we're going to go to commercial break and get right back with Don Velo. Uh, he's of Tech Talk. He's a good friend of mine. He's a seasonal investor, and he's a seasoned investor. We learn from the wise. Don is one of those. So please stay tuned and get right back to Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. So, as we're teeing up the music for Don Velo, uh, he's the author of Tech Talk. Uh, he is a chartist, he's a technician, as we say. Uh, he's also a seasonal investor. By the way, if you want to f- find Don's work, it's free. Timingthemarket.ca is Don Velo's website. I repeat, timingthemarket.ca. Uh, so, yes, in the st- on Wall Street, hence Bay Street, uh, every December they say, well, there's always that Santa Claus rally, uh, which has appeared, I guess, what, Don, in the middle of December when the market goes up for no other reason than other than people sipping eggnog and feeling good? That's pretty well. Just a brief comment on China and the U.S. The negotiations are going on this weekend, and clearly if they reach an agreement, that's going to be very positive. Early signs are that uh, the market is telling us that they, they likely will reach some sort of an agreement. I've seen uh, the Chinese equity indices uh, doing very well, and particularly Chinese ETFs. You, you, but you know what's going to happen here? Don, sorry to interrupt you, because I can just see it. I'm going to be comical here. Uh, if they get a deal done... Trump is going to put on the Santa Claus outfit, and he's like, I created the rally. It's my rally. So it'll be Trump-induced rally. Right? I, I can see it. He'll take credit for it. I, you know, there's a funny uh, uh, tweet uh, called uh, God, uh, the tweet of God. Uh, the t- <laughs> it's brilliant. 5.4 million followers for the tweet of God. One of his tweets was, uh, Americans are great at telling the world how great Americans are. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think it, it sets Donald Trump up real well to be Santa Claus. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I think the market would be very surprised if they came out of an agreement uh, out of the, the G20 down in Argentina. If they come out with a ceasefire, you know, things aren't as bad. A detente, my friend, a detente. Yeah, so just a bit of a ceasefire. Let's, you know, cool our heels. Maybe push it out another six months before we put those tariffs off. I think the market would even be happy with that at this point. I think the detente is what's going to happen because, Jack, you made a very, very good point. Chinese timelines 
are very different than Donald Trump's timelines. Completely different. And that's where I think the challenge lies, is timelines. I think those Chinese, as you pointed out to me, could drag this puppy on a little longer than... And the other thing that the Trump midterm, does... Then the midterm elections, now the third year. Hey, Don, sorry, I'm going to digress as well in the interest of time. The third year of the presidential cycle, because you taught me this stuff as well. The four-year cycle the market tends to have, this one's extended. But let's talk about the third year, which, which we're coming into. Uh, what's your expectations for the market? Which is that? Which is 2019, in other words. Yeah, just to conclude that China thing, uh, I don't know which way it's going to go, but watch FXI. It's an ETF. The Fixie, yep, FXI in the States. Yeah, whatever that, that does is going to give you an indication of what direction it's going to go. Yeah. Now, Santa Claus usually does come to town right around this time, uh, historically from December 15th to January 4th uh, this, this year. Uh, the both U.S. and Canadian markets go significantly higher. In fact, during the last 28 periods for the S&P 500, the uh, S&P 500 has gone up 21 times, uh, an average gain of 1.6%. In the case of Toronto, it's even better. During the last uh, 28 periods, the TSE composite has gone up 24 times for an average gain of 2.4%. It looks like Santa Claus is getting ready to come back once again this year, but for good reason. A lot of companies in the U.S. are sitting in a ton of cash and are starting to burn a hole in their pocket. Really? And, and they're going to start doing things like uh, share buybacks, dividend increases, a lot of these things are going to start appearing right around when uh, the, these companies get close to the end of the year, when they know what kind of cash that they have for going forward. So that is setting the stage for a very good uh, Santa Claus rally this year. Don, let me ask you this question here. Um, based, again, based on your experience, based on the length of this bull market, based on interest rates, based on everything that you have at your fingertips, um, would you aggressively change your investment um, your investment strategy or your investment your mix. Not pro, but the, the mix. In other words, your, 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 your blend between cash, stock, and bond in here. Would you, would you be start to, I wouldn't use the word panic, but say, you know something, enough is enough, let's get more defensive. Or would you just sort of maintain the uh, secular bull market trend that has taken place for the last seven, eight, nine years? Well, I played by season by season. And historically, uh, you want to be long the equities uh, markets, both in Canada and the United States, between uh, the end of October right through until approximately the first week in May. Uh, and that seems to fit very nicely with what we're expected to happen uh, over the next uh, six months or so. Yeah. There's just a lot of good news coming from the corporate uh, sectors in the States. Lots of uh, positive uh, cash flow, earnings, dividend increases, share buybacks, the whole thing, until probably around the middle of next year. In fact, historically, the best quarters in the uh, mid, uh, mid in the seasonal uh, presidential cycle are the current quarter, yep. just, just after the midterm elections, the first quarter in the pre-election year, that's the first quarter next year, and the second quarter in the pre-election year, that's the second quarter next year. Yep. So you've got three quarters in a row, which are the strongest quarters in the U.S. presidential cycle. In the entire four-year cycle. Yeah, no. That's, so, that's so, yeah, the, the, that's what the back test tells us. So, I, I want to give that some some merit. Um, we have to, I think, do just that. You know, another exercise that Jack and I are beginning to go down, and, and Jack sort of infused me with this Warren Buffett mindset. Not that Jack is, but you know, Jack is a student of Warren Buffett. I like to say, and you know, it's funny when I start to pull fifty-year charts from great companies. 
And without seasonal investing, without trading and tripping gains and minimizing tax, to be able to buy a company, hold it for 50 years, if you can do it correctly, you're a net winner. But boy, oh boy, it sounds easy. It would be so difficult because you hold these stocks for, for decades where they make no money and then they move higher. But I go down through the Honeywells of the world, the 3Ms of the world. GE is amazing right here, right now, Don. Again, GE is trading at the same level it was trading at back in what year, Jack, was it? Not 1975, but pretty darn close, 1982. Yeah, you're it's looking at least 30 years a back. A huge, huge retracement. But buy and hold. You know, you guys talk about that anymore, really, really, Don. Again, you're a seasonal guy, so you basically say lighten the load when it comes May. You got three quarters of strength anyone's guess in the many ways to make money in the market that's i think what makes it most fascinating don good luck with your charity uh good luck with your ongoing work of the equity markets we appreciate having you on hi-fi radios don velo if you want more of his work timingthemarket.ca he's very generous with his work i shall say it's free and is full of wisdom uh jack as always a good job on hi-fi radio and i want to wish you all a great weekend jack and i will be back next weekend Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.